Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself, and not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting my journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 500 videos on our channel. Do you want to learn real estate? We got that. Do you want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sebi? We got that. Do you want travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. Makeup and hair growth tutorials? Got it. Basketball? Got it. Turo? Got it. Candles? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that do not make it to YouTube will be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray. D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. We made different playlists for all the things we are into and you can find those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter 3, page 150. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's day is Tuesday, January 31st, and it is 9.39 a.m. Okay, so now before we get into the podcast, the first thing we start off with before the topics of the day is the screen time check. And that is when I and Melissa check our screen time on our phone to see how much time we spent on it every single day last week. If we're going to be billionaires, we have to make sure that we are taking advantage of our phone and it is not taking advantage of us. Okay, so for last week, every day, I spent an average of seven hours and 45 minutes on my phone per day, which is down from the week before which was eight hours and 48 minutes. That's down one whole hour. That's 12% on here, okay? My most used app was YouTube for 12 hours and 13 minutes, then Instagram for nine hours and 26 minutes, and then my camera for eight hours and 11 minutes. And I feel like, as I said last week, it's kind of a crutch for the screen time in the sense of it's making my numbers higher because we're vlogging every day. Because if I'm spending 8 hours and 11 minutes on my phone every week for my camera, that's almost an extra hour per day. So that means I could have my screen time down to close to 6 hours. But right now we're at 7 hours and 45 minutes. Really? For the week? What? That's, that's your screen time for week? 7 hours and 45? Yeah. Since when? Yeah, you, you didn't hear me say that? Screen, no, that's what I, I started off with. No, no, no. Your screen time be like 12 hours. Right. 7 hours and 45 minutes. That's what I said. Are you not listening? I don't be listening. Seven hours and 45. I'm like, <laughs> it is 
every day on average, I picked up my phone 165 times per day. My first used app after pickup was YouTube and then Instagram and then Safari and had an average of 86 notifications per day. And then if I go by categories, it will be number one is social, two is entertainment, and then three is creativity. And that's all of my screen time for the day. So what is your screen time for last week? How many total pickups did you have? Should have been listening. You didn't say it. I did. You said how many? You said your average. You didn't say your total. Oh, I don't count that. But I want to hear it. Eleven fifty-five. Nah, nah, nah. Cause when I be saying my pickups, you be like, damn. You be saying your average pickup per day is like two seventy-five. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you talking about some? Your average pickups be over two hundred out. Over two hundred nah, per day. Watch it. Watch it be two hundred. No, no. Cause uh, listen, my pickups this week is lower than yours. Oh, okay. So check you out. So my average for this week is seven hours and forty minutes. Mm. So that's I'm like, you 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 getting into my ballpark area? That's, that's a little close. Normally you'd be like nine hours. Like I said, and if I wasn't hours. if I wasn't doing the vlog, what's your camera time? Six hours and. I got seven eight hours. hours. I have seven. Uh, seven. Seven hours. I'm just saying that's eight hours a week, so that could be extra. I'll be down to six hours. Um, my most used damn is Instagram. Whew. Fourteen hours. Two hours a day. Uh, Gmail. Oh, Instagram for 14, camera for seven, Gmail for four, Candy Crush for three and a half hours, mm. TikTok for two and a half, and then music for two hours. For the week, two and a half hours. And then my average pickups are 137 per day, and that comes up to 958 pickups for the week. And then we are going to do subscriber check for both of the YouTube channels. All right. So on the Bamboo Project, we are currently at 6,343 subscribers. And on the Candle Candle and on the Candle channel, okay, we are currently at 40 three subscribers so go over there subscribe to that channel we are doing weekly vlogs of everything we talk about on the podcast is in a vlog on that channel it'll be in the description it is m b u r candle co on youtube we just posted the vlog last night for last week and the next one will be going up soon the first thing on tap for today is as it says in the description or in the title of this video, we have an offer on the house. This is not a wholesale offer. This is not me reaching out to somebody else to find a deal. This is my agent found someone who happens to be an investor who was buying the property. So the contract was signed yesterday. So we are now under contract for the house. The house is listed at 215,000 right now. Okay, their, uh, their initial offer was $190,000, which by the way is not terrible, depending on based on our old circumstances, because y'all know from the last wholesalers that we spoke with, I was willing to let the house go for 167. There was one person who I was talking to, I'm like, listen bro, you pay off the loan and you're, you can have the house. I was there, I was at that point. And I'm assuming he was a wholesaler because once I put in the wholesale terms, he said, oh, my partner went to the house and the number's not gonna work for us and this and that and the third. I said, okay. I'm not gonna fight with you about that, bro. If that's what you feel like, by all means. The other guy, once I gave him the terms, 
he just up and it's like nah I'm just I'm gone I'm done I said okay so now this person said 190 and I'm like if they are coming in at 190 and the house is 215 that's their first offer I was like I could know I could take it I could just take the 190 but I know that they are willing to go up and pay a higher price now funny enough I felt like they could go up to 215 because I watch a lot of a show or back in the day, not much now. It was called Million Dollar Listings. And shout out to my guy, Frederick Eklund. He was one of my favorite characters on the show. It is more, it's a, um, I guess you can call it reality TV, I guess. Um, but they pretty much show these agents who are buying and selling real estate in different parts of the country. That was particularly in New York City. And I ended up buying his book and reading the book. So throughout watching the show when I was younger, I noticed the game that they always play. They go back and forth with this price. Oh, uh, I was I want to buy the house for three point five million. They go ah, well we could only do two point four. They go two point four. Okay, okay, okay. We could do three. They go three. Ah, ah. All right, two two point eight. They go two point eight. They go, okay, we could do 2.875. They go, okay, done. And I'm just like, all right. Yeah, and for every transaction, it was like that. So once I see that, I'm thinking to myself, this is how the game goes. So as soon as they came back with the 190, I already knew off top because the number wasn't even that low from what the original offer was. They wanted to settle somewhere in the middle, right? But I know I could held, I could have held the 215. So the final number that we settled on was, actually before I get to that, final number the terms were the settlement date would be march 15th which is about 45 days from now which is kind of long because as y'all know we have not made house payments in about two months so we've been getting letters of the house being uh of us defaulting on the loan and the house possibly going into foreclosure so and y'all know at the time I'm thinking to myself, if, if it go to foreclosure, it is what it is. It's not my problem no more. Y'all can have the house. I really don't care. I just don't want the the energy going to the thought of the house because I think a lot of people discount how much weight thoughts have. And if I can just say I no longer have to think about the house, whether somebody's breaking in, what kind of security system I have, whether my agent's doing a good job, who I got to pay for this, who I got to go out and call and get somebody to buy the house. None of those things will be on my house, on my mind if the house is gone. So March 15th was the settlement date or will be the settlement date. 190 is the purchase price. Now, as you guys know, or maybe y'all are new, the house was broken into a couple of weeks ago. So they stole the refrigerator, they stole the stove, they stole the microwave, they stole the dishwasher, they stole our dehumidifier, they stole the hot water tank. They came in and they went shopping. So they got all of those things, right? So now the new buyer slash investor was saying, hey, look, I'll buy the house at the 190, but you got to cover the appliances. And I'm like, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. So I said, listen, here's what I'll do. 215, I'll cover the appliances that are, that are not in the house. I'll pay for it. If you don't, if you don't want to pay 215, I'll do 205, but you cover all the appliances. I'm not dealing with no appliances. I don't want to touch them. You pay for it. You're good at 205. We come back again and he says, I think he said like, 205 with the appliances in and 
two hundred no applying something something to that effect. I don't know because like I said, it's just it's a game. It's, the numbers they're saying it right now are irrelevant. Like I could tell that nobody really cares. Like it's very obvious that the numbers that they are giving me are just fluffy numbers. So I say, listen, two ten. We can do two ten. I think actually I think they counted back at two ten. Two ten. And I give him a credit for the appliances, and I put in a stove and a water heater, and that's what we end up settling on. So that roughly puts us at about two hundred and five thousand that we would technically kind of get in our pocket if you really want to call it in our pocket. So now, if I was to do the math on what that might look like and what we would possibly keep, I don't have the exact net seller sheet, um, but let's see. I think let's say that you do about nine percent of fees and that's including the real estate agents fees and that will be including transfer taxes and any other miscellaneous expenses as such as running title and stuff like that so it means we would get a hundred and eighty six thousand five hundred fifty dollars that doesn't seem right really oh no no wait yeah technically that's still that seems so low yeah so we would get one hundred eighty six thousand dollars and then we have to now account for the other fees now that number of the 205 also accounts for the five thousand that they will get credited to their account for appliances or whatever and then we all and funny enough i feel like it should have been lower for five thousand was kind of high but whatever so we would walk away with about 20 grand here's some other fees that are going to be you know locked onto that so now we're gonna subtract probably the last three payments that we didn't make, which would be 1,600 times three. We would be at 14,750 for that. And I'm not sure exactly, but I know we had some extensions and they charge for the extension. So I'm gonna say that that's another four, another four grand. So minus four grand. So we're at about $10,750. That's where we're at roughly. We owe, whew, we owe 80,000 rough, something like that. Like I know we owe 20, five to 27 five to tori oh 10 to my aunt 17 five to my sister 10 to my mom and then 22 are a secret admirer so that's roughly eighty thousand. so now we would have to only owe seventy thousand. to me the house is no longer going to be in our mind it's completely gone we tried to flip a house we flipped it lost a tremendous amount of money on trying to flip the house but got a lot of experience and gave birth to the candles so it is what it is i just want it to be done now the i guess you could call it the downside of the house at this point would be we would have to install the stove and the water uh heater into the house for them to then close right so they currently have a 10-day inspection on the house it's 10 yes 10 days so they have 10 days to go into the house see if they find anything wrong probably so that they can then renegotiate the price and come back down i'm really not even trying to hear nothing about that because i don't even know what they could possibly find in there at this point because as far as i know nothing is wrong with the house the only thing that would become an issue which i talked to my agent about is whether or not there will be an issue with the inspection because we have no stove and no water heater but other than those two things there should be no issues that we have where they feel like oh we either want to back out or we want to lower the price of the house so those are the only two things and then i guess the third thing is that that time period is so far from now that's march 15th that means we're in january today we're gonna have to go through all of february and then two weeks into march to be able to get to the settlement date 
I don't like that amount of time and because they want us to put the stove, all the appliances in the house, not the appliances, the stove and the water here in the house. I'm not putting nothing in the house until the 12th of March. That's where anything will go in the house. And when on the on the day of closing is when y'all have this stuff because there's no way that I'm putting out any money so somebody could go in the house and break in the house and steal stuff again. I'm not even trying to do that. Honestly, I might even send it to their house, let them put it in because we are the house has been broken into, I think, two or three times at this point. So we're like, you know what? I no longer want to deal with having the possibility of someone breaking and stealing something else. So those are my qualms that I have with that time period being so long but there is a ten thousand dollar earnest money deposits that we would be able to get something that would be to me to me that'd be the best option i feel like if they defaulted on the house they gave us the earnest money deposit and we got a free five thousand dollars because i'm not paying for the house if they foreclose on it they could have it and the five thousand we would keep hopefully this is the we have another month this is the the final sega of the house and it's coming up right on the heels of chapter four of the bamboo project we are currently in chapter three so chapter four will be in two weeks from now two weeks will be the new chapter of the podcast and it's in the kind of timing just works in the sense of the house about to be gone the candle's about to be candling so this be we're, we're shedding our old skin and you know growing into what they call it metamorphosis or something i don't know y'all y'all know what it is now, topic number two is the craft fair. So last week we did another craft fair and shout out to my guy, Tim, who pulled up to the craft fair. It was a very fun experience. And he had called me the day before. He's like, hey, what, what time are you guys gonna be at the craft fair? I'm gonna pull up. He lives in the Bronx and he took the bus to Manhattan and then came over to Brooklyn to hang out with us at the craft fair. I think he was only going to stay a couple of hours at first and he ended up staying the whole time. So we all had fun. He got to see the whole process of everything. And the crazy part about all of that is this, right? I think it was a day before he had came, maybe two days before he came. He had watched the podcast from last week. Shout out to Bill and Terry. And they invested 5000 into the candles. So... He was like, oh, bro, I, if, if you need something, I got you. What you want me to, you want me to buy something, you want me to invest something, you want me to get something for you, what you need? I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, I'll keep that on, you know, in the back of my head if we need anything. So the next day, it's, it's just so, timing is so crazy. The next day, one of the suppliers that we buy our equipment from and supplies from, they were having a sale. And Melissa and I really think that the only reason they had this sale is because the week before when Bill and Terry invested into the candles, we ended up buying a large order from them. So this week they had a sale on pretty much just the orders or just the product that we purchased. Like it was almost like those things almost never go on sale. We're talking about down to the vessel, the oil, the wick, everything that we buy from this company was on sale. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And to make things even crazier, they were having the sale for a week, right? We only got two emails about this sale. One maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday, and then one maybe five hours before the sale actually is about to end. So I'm like, yo, bro, if you still want to invest, I'm going to use the money right now. The thing is on sale. I'm about to buy it in bulk, and I'm about to have it shipped. Because another thing with this, with this company is that they always 
have shipping issues. So they always take a long time. I would say about 95% of the time when we order from them, it either comes uh, something that's broken, uh, something has spilled, it's late, different things all the time. So I'm like, you know what, to avoid that, it's on sale. We just got the large shipment from the week before. So now I'm gonna buy these things because we don't need them right now, but we will need them in a week from now. He pulled up to the craft fair on Sunday and it was it was very it was very interesting uh day because he was saying that he felt like it was busy right and i'm like listen bro i'm telling you right now this is like super slow this this is dead i know it may feel like it's not because you're at this table people are coming to the table but if you look at anybody else people are kind of sleeping they got their head down they on their phone they're reading a book they chilling. People are people are not really having customers come to the table or talk or getting sales or whatever the case might be. And I'm like, there are days in this fair at that particular one in Brooklyn where the aisles are packed with people. It's so many people. Like, and I think about how crazy it is because last week we did, I think we did like twelve hundred dollars. That was on fifty nine sales. Okay, fifty nine sales got us $1,169. And it was a super slow day. So I just think it's interesting to me that at Chelsea when we go, 59 sales might be one day of sales. If it's 59 sales at this place on a weekend, which is some, it was kind of slow both days, but you know, it evened itself out. I really, and it's, Chelsea is next week Monday, guys. Like, Chelsea is literally next week Monday is when we will find out if all the, the projections that we have made, all the thoughts that we've had about Chelsea, is it going to be life-changing when we do Chelsea? Because if we're doing 30 sales, if we do the same 30 sales, and I forgot to tell you all this. On Sunday, we sold zero big candles. Zero. I cannot tell you the last time that we sold zero big candles. I don't think we've ever had a day where we sold zero big candles. Other than that, the we've, we've always sold at least one big candle. At the minimum, we've always sold one. Never have we had zero big candle sales. So on Sunday, we made $519 with no big candle sales. If we had sold our usual four candles or five big candles, we would have been at seven or $800 on Sunday. And we still would have been roughly at about the same number of total sales that we do on a slow day. Cause I, right now I'm starting to notice, I think 30 sales for the day is usually where we're at. And if we can get a good mix of big and small, that puts us, that puts us at around 700 to $800 for the day. And these are slow days. These are slow days. So I just think it's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. But that means that we did $519 off strictly small travel and gift size candles. That is actually really good to make that much off of just the small candles. So it is kind of like a a double, I would call it double-edged sword, but it's more kind of a uh, seesaw. It's like, it kind of is good. It's kind of not good. It has its pros and cons to it, but I would have wished that we sold some more. And even funny enough, we only sold small candles, but our average sale was $20 for the day. And the small candle is $15. 
So that means that people are buying multiple candles at a time instead of just buying one. So that's always cool when we see that. I also think that last week was somewhat slow. Last weekend at the craft fair was somewhat slow because the universe is gearing us up for what's about to come over the next 11 or 12 days. Is that things usually tend to go kind of, I wouldn't say downhill, but kind of crazy just before we're about to make a lot of money. And I really in my head can only guess how much money we're gonna make. I think we could do 80 sales in a day at Chelsea. That's what I think. At least, I feel like 50 should be an average amount of sales that we do at Chelsea. That's what I think. I feel like 50 should be average, 80 should be a good day, and then 100 plus will be like, oh, we were really killing it. That's, that's kind of my gauge for it right now. And last week, we finally have upgraded our candle studio. So we got two shelves now. Y'all may have seen it on the Instagram story. Yeah, we'll probably see it on the vlog on the Ember Candle page. It'll be up this week coming up. And you'll see that we now have a little section in the house where we could put the candles. We have the vessels. We have the fragrance oil. We have the heater. And we have some good stuff on there. So I like, I like organization. So whenever I see it, I get happy. We know where everything is at. It's right there in front of us. So we are now officially living in a candle studio. Okay. And we bought something new. That, I don't know if you can see it over here. Can I see? Oh, yeah. Can I see this right here? Okay. If y'all can see this right here, it is one of my favorite purchases of the last month it's pretty much a stand for your phone or your ipad right how it works is you clip it onto your desk or onto your bed depending on how big your bed is and it kind of swivels around in front of you so you can put the, the laptop not the laptop you can put the ipad or the phone in front of you while you're in your bed without touching it right now for me i love to have multiple screens so now i can have that in front of me while i am typing on my laptop i can use the ipad up here right in front of me and i can tap and tap on my laptop so that is another great purchase that we had this week now shout out to uline because at first they tried to play us okay first y'all know me Maybe I, I honestly I'm gonna say y'all don't know because y'all y'all think that I don't like to buy in bulk. I love buying stuff in bulk. If I have the money to buy in bulk, I'm not gonna buy in bulk if I don't have the money just to say that oh it's a good deal even though it costs twenty more dollars than I would normally buy a singular product of right. So because Uline is free, I'm getting everything in bulk. So right now we have roughly 400 vessels in the house and we have another 400 coming tomorrow or today. Now, when I made that second order, I also had gotten some sticky notes and some masking tape and I got a gun labeler and I got the roll for the gun labeler. There may have been one, oh, and boxes, boxes for shipping, because now you know we're getting orders and stuff now, so we got to have boxes in the house to ship. So Melissa had put the boxes in the shopping cart, she had put the masking tape in the shopping cart and the sticky notes in the shopping cart, plus the tins and everything else, the total amount was about $700. So I made the order on maybe Saturday night or Sunday night. I get an email the following day saying that our order is on hold. And I'm like, bruh, how many times in one month is a company gonna put our stuff on hold? Etsy had us on hold, 
PayPal had us on hold. Uh, these lenders be having us on hold. And now Uline has us on hold. And I'm just like, honestly, even Amazon has us on hold right now. So I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like y'all are, y'all are killing me. What is going on now? Why, why is the, the order on hold? So it says in the email to call him immediately to find out why it's on hold. So I'm like, all right. Normally my interaction with the company and the customer service is pretty good. I think it's very odd. If I ever call a company and a person answers and says hello, you're already off on a bad foot. To me, that is unprofessional. I don't even know who I'm talking to. I don't know if I called the right number. I don't know if this could be a scam. I'm just sitting here kind of like, yeah, hi, hello. He's like, yeah, hello. I'm like, no, no, you're supposed to tell me, hey, I'm at Uline. How can I help you? What do you need? What's going on? Something. So now we're just kind of on the phone. I'm thinking I'm talking to a friend or something. We're just on the phone, just silent. So... I'm like, hey, I got an email, I think, from you guys, maybe, because you haven't said you're from Uline, so I don't know. He goes, oh, yeah, uh, what is the email or your order number? So I give him the order number. He goes, oh, yeah, so I see on here that we have your order on hold because you spent too much money, right? And I'm like, what? I'm like, it's free. What do you mean I spent too much money? He's like. It's not free. Pretty much. He was like, listen. You guys have a credit limit of $750, right? So you guys can spend up to $750 on here and we'll credit it to you and you'll pay us in a net 30, which for those who do not know, net 30 is when a company will give you a product and you have to pay them back in 30 days. That's how net 30 works. They even have net 45s and also net 60 exists as well. I'm like, damn, that's crazy because we didn't necessarily need a lot of that stuff, but it would have been good for it to come in because we could be ahead of the curb with the vessels that was my biggest thing like okay will we be able to be ahead with the vessels because i want them to be in the house have them wicked up have them labeled and top and bottom that's what i wanted and qr codes there's three labels on those and a wick sticker and a wick and a wick holder all in that so i'm like 500 of those or technically a thousand now need to all be prepped so i'm like uh so how do i get like what happens now? He's like, well, listen, you have an order out right now for about, I think he said maybe 900. No. Yes. Yes. We owe about $900 to them. And he said that we would have to pay that off to be able to get the new order. He's like, well, if you want to pay for it out of your pocket, we, we can send it to you, but you got to pay for the whole order. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't, I don't got that. I'm like, I don't have the 500 to just give you for this. Like that, mm -mm. I, I can wait a couple of weeks for the new order or new shipment, but I'm not paying for that right now. So I told him I'm not paying and he said, okay, cool. Well, you know, it'll just be on hold then. I said, all right, cool, talk to you later. He just hung up. So I'm like, damn, I wanna be able to remove the stuff because when we do pay for the new order, I didn't want them to just automatically send out that old order. So, there were things on there that we didn't really need, which was the masking tape and the sticky notes, right? Now, how they work is they everything comes in bulk. Some of y'all may have seen it. Y'all will see it on the live today, or I guess whenever you watch the live, that we have bubble wrap. I don't think the bubble wrap was here last week's podcast, was it? It's about five feet high, right? Four feet and some change high. And it's huge. It's humongous. They only allow you to buy things in super bulk. Not regular bulk like Walmart or Costco. I'm talking about super bulk, like huge. So for the masking tape, 
it will be 864 rolls of masking tape, right? That's the minimum that you can order. So we would have had 864 rolls of masking tape in this house with our super bubble friend, bubble buddy. So yes, we have our bubble buddy over here in the house and it's because they only sell these large bulk items. So I'm like, I don't need that to come to the house. So I call and I say, hey, is it possible for you guys to remove these things because I don't want on the next order. Honestly, I didn't even say that. I just said, can you remove those two from my cart or from the order that's pending? And they said, sure. So they remove both things from the cart or the pending order. And then they were just kind of like, yep, yeah, we're gonna release the order now. And I was like, you're gonna release the order? He's like, yeah, we're gonna release it. And I'm like, but I, am I, I didn't say it to him. I, I'm just like, but I didn't pay for it. Like you guys told me that the credit scores, the credit amount is already maxed out. What's going on? But he said, y'all are good. So I was just sitting there like, oh, uh, and you're saying, I'm double checking with him. I go, sir, you're saying you will send out this order today. He goes, yes. And I said, I left it, left it alone. I said, okay, all right, cool. So we get off the phone. I told Melissa like, hey, they said they're going to send the stuff still. I'm thinking this is amazing. But it could be a clerical thing or administrative issue where they don't actually send it out. So maybe like, I don't know, an hour later, I get an email saying your order has shipped, confirmation number comes in my email, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So it's supposed to come in today. So I'm hoping that it comes in today. There's no issues about it because there are two orders out, which would be crazy if they still sent out the other thing. But regardless, the biggest thing that I wanted from here is the labeling gun, because as it stands right now, what Melissa's process is, she will write down like, okay, okay, I gotcha. Here's how it goes. So when Melissa will pour each candle into the vessel, she has to label each one so she doesn't mix up the labels in terms of which top goes on where and she knows what scent is which so instead of writing on the jar itself because that may stay on there she writes it on masking tape so she'll write the letter d for do not disturb and then she'll cut it off the masking tape and stick it on each uh candle so we're about to do 11 or 12 days of craft fairs. that could be a hundred not said a hundred that could be 700 to a thousand plus candles you have to do that for that process takes very long because you have to write the letter out open the masking tape cut it and put it on the candle and then do it again for all the candles i'm like all right is there a way to expedite this whole process where is there a way to expedite this process where you can just stick 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 stick, stick? that's what i'm thinking i'm like okay i hope this company sells these type of guns for us and they do. And they have the ones that when you remove the sticker, or they call removable sticker. So you just peel it off and it's all good. So I'm like, these are great. I want, I'm hoping it works just as it is in my mind. That's my goal right now. So I am happy that we have gotten that. Now, next topic is Etsy. All right. Y'all may or may not know of Etsy. Uh, if you don't know, it's a platform for a lot of handmade goods that people sell. Pretty large platform. We are on Etsy. And a lot of y'all come from the Turo space. Some of y'all may have been here from way back from the Airbnb space. Or y'all may have just been up to date, you know, in terms of you guys do it yourself. 
So, Turo has something called a power host. Airbnb has a super host. And Etsy has a star seller. Okay? So, shout out to... Oh, shout out to my guy, Tyree. I didn't even... That's what I meant to shout out last week. Okay. He was our first order on Etsy. He kicked off us getting to reach the Etsy seller, star seller badge on Etsy. So how that works is, as y'all know with the other hosts, once you get to star seller, they promote your products even more. So once he bought it, we promoted it a little bit more on Instagram. We promoted it a little bit more on Facebook and things like that. And the orders started coming in. So now we're sitting here like, this is crazy. Like we're really going to get to the star seller we don't really know what's gonna happen yet we just kind of like all right let's see where it goes from here and we i think personally that etsy is a hater <laughs> okay here's why i think Etsy's a hater so similar to the other platforms and there's a time period that you have to be in within to get to that badge or that honor or that level it's 90 days we got to Star Seller in probably seven days, right? You have to make a certain amount of orders and a certain amount of money and you have to ship out a certain amount of time. You have to respond a certain amount of time. All these criteria that you have to hit. So we hit all those criteria in a week. On Friday, we have two orders that we that we get. Um, shout out to Jonathan L. He's one of the people. Um, he watches the podcast also. And someone named Anton. I don't know if they watch the podcast or not. I have not seen their comment before, so I don't know. But on that day, we get an email saying your your order is on hold. And I'm like, on hold again? I'm like, what is up with everybody putting everything on hold? Like, can y'all relax? I need y'all to relax. So... At this point, we've never seen this before, so we don't really know what this means. But they're saying don't ship out the order till it's not on hold. They made it seem as though, oh, we're we're checking the processing or the card payment of the person that purchased. We want to make sure that everything is safe and good. And I'm just like, what? Like, why, what do you mean? Like, we've had orders back to back. And then we got another order right after that, right? Same thing. Orders on hold. They want to check the processing payment to see if everything is good. I'm like, yo. Yeah, hold up the money. And not only that. I would hate for someone to order a candle and now we're sitting here like, well, we can't ship it out because they said not to. So it's two days go by, three days go by. We try, if the order, if somebody makes an order early enough to get to the post office, it'll go out that same day. If not, it's for sure going out the next day, like bottom line. So that order could have been shipped out that day. And we're kind of like, all right, because we don't know what it means. We're thinking that maybe somebody is using a, 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 what you might call it, a, a credit union card or maybe like a gift card or something. We don't know what's happening. So I think maybe a day goes by, maybe two days go by and they say, oh, hey, the order has been processed. We're going to, you know, give you the money for it and you can ship the order out. I'm like, OK, thank you. And they go, wait, there's more. I'm like, yeah, got to be kidding me. So not so so they had the order on hold that we couldn't ship out. So now they have our money in a quote reserve account. And here is the most ironic thing about this reserve account. They tried to spin it like, congratulations, you're getting so much money. We're going to reserve it for you and put it in this account because we want to make sure that in case something happens, if a refund comes, you have money to pay it back. I'm like, if you don't give me my damn money, because 
You can't congratulate me for stealing. How you going to imagine? You know how disrespectful you got to be to rob somebody and then tell them congratulations. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. The email literally said, congratulations. We are taking your money. I'm like, bro. So now that is and they have it. I think it's like, is it 75 percent that they hold? That's 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 crazy. That's highway robbery. That is insane. So now that money is sitting there until who knows when, whenever they want to send it out to us, and we'll get that then. But other than that, we are star sellers. Well, well, I think that those two orders put us over the star seller requirement. And because we did it so quickly, I think they flag the account the account has to be on hold now because there's no reason why y'all should have gotten to this number this quickly so we didn't put two and two together until after we start doing the math on how many orders we did how much sales we made and we go oh okay that's why y'all doing this y'all didn't say it but that's what we know that's what's happening but right now the account seems to be good even though they will be holding 75 percent of all of our transactions for who knows how long I, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. But that is the, the Etsy segment. Mr. Beast put out a video yesterday. Maybe it was the day before yesterday. And it was how I cured a thousand people's blindness. Now, as y'all know, I'm a fan of Mr. Beast. Not necessarily his content itself. So as I was scrolling, I think I saw the thumbnail first or maybe the title first. And I said, cured a thousand people's blindness. I'm like, what kind of clickbait is this? And at the time that I said and read that, I did not know it was his video. So I kind of, you know, sometimes you see something, but your brain is slowed in your eyes. So then you have to kind of like catch up and then visualize what's actually in front of you. That's what happened with this thumbnail. So now I'm looking at the thumbnail. And I'm like, okay, it is a Mr. Beast video. I'm like, he cured a thousand people's blindness. I'm like, what type of, I'm like, what are you talking about? So I click on the video. This video from a from a, an editing standpoint is phenomenal. From a idea standpoint, in terms of creativity to come up with something like this, phenomenal. Execution, phenomenal. This to me was a video that I could watch in terms of if he creates quality content like this regularly. I would say quality. I would say more of this particular kind of content. I can watch this more over and over again. The game stuff where I'm going to go and I'm going to... We have 115-year-olds and males and 115-year-old girls. They're going to play kickball together. And then whoever wins is going to get a million dollars. That to me, I don't... It's whatever. I'm not really for that. But this one, it was so good. I was like, babe, you got to watch this. I'm like... I watched probably two minutes in and I said, no, 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 no. I'm like, I got to pause it. You need to watch this video. This is crazy. So the video is pretty much him explaining how easy it is to fix blindness in this day and age because it's a very simple procedure. And it, I mean, I guess relative to how much other procedures cost, it's pretty inexpensive. I was just kind of in, in shock because the video editing quality was just so good and the storylines in the video there were kids who had been subscribed to him for a long time who were blind there was somebody who got into an accident who was blind who ended up buying a car for he gave this uh 
older black woman after he fixed her eyes he gave her another ten thousand dollars she fell on the floor i was just like wow this is the kind of content that i would want to see and it's one of the things that for me it inspired me to want to do that more when i have money now melissa and i had talked about this a couple of months ago we were it was one day we went out to philadelphia we were talking about growing the candle business and one thing that i understand is that a lot of people are in situations due to their circumstances and environment i think plays a bigger role i think i haven't i want to it's, it's tough because i want to unequivocally say that environment is more important than that nature is more important than nurture that's what i want to say like, I want to unequivocally say, but I, I don't know because then it kind of takes away from people having to put in the work. But you may have to put in the work to get to the proper environment for you to thrive and succeed in. Because, yeah, I think, it, yep, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I will unequivocally say that nature over nurture, for sure. What do you think? Why do you say that? Because what do you consider someone's nature to be? Not nature is their where they are at. Nature is where they are at, and then nurture is how you're brought up, right? I thought you were saying how they were born. Mm -mm. Um, Which uh, you might be right. That might be the actual terminology of it, but that's not what I was the way I was using it. brought up a certain type of way and put in a new environment it doesn't that does not mean that you're going to adopt your environment i don't know how true that is huh i feel like i i probably disagree because i think that if you put a person in a certain environment for a long enough time they will adopt that environment mm. okay you said for a long enough time mm -hmm. so but that's so but that doesn't mean that they'll do it, like, because even with you saying that, that means that, like, they would have to be there for an extended amount of time for that to happen. Yeah. Right. So, but I don't know if you'll pick up Jimmy today and drop him somewhere else tomorrow and he'll change to his environment, like, instantly. Like, how no, of course long not. enough time? Um, a year, two years, three years? I don't think so. I don't know what the time period of it would be, but... I would probably say, hmm, uh, I feel like each thing changed. Each for each individual thing that the that the environment is for would change how long it would take for someone to be affected by it. But I think that in the reverse. down to the individual person versus um a one size fits all thing because if i'm brought up if my if my nurture is a certain way i i could be highly resistant to change but if if 
I am someone that is kind of like maybe easily influenced, then my environment will determine what I do. But that's the thing. I don't think it's easily influenced. I think it's, I think it's part of human nature to adapt to your environment. What does that mean? So if if I put a what does adapt to your environment mean to you? To become more like your environment. That doesn't. That does not necessarily mean adapt to your environment. What does that mean? Because adapt to your environment means that you will make changes um, in response to your environment. But the ch- it could go either way. You can either change to become more like your environment, or you can change to become more resistant to your environment. Um. So it like it doesn't adapting to your environment does not necessarily mean conforming. Right. Uh, adapting means you have you become what's better for that environment. For you, but that does not mean conforming though. Conforming is going with what the environment is dictating for you to do. It's the, the environment is making you change it to what the environment would need. So like, or what you would need in that environment. Right, but that is not, but that does not, that is not synonymous with conforming to the environment. Because I feel like you're saying it as if adapting means I'm gonna go with what the environment is making is making me do. Right. I, yes. That's so what they have. The thing is, that is different for different people. So example would be not paying rent, not having enough money to pay rent. Okay. Either you're gonna, either you're gonna get a job and try to pay that rent. Or you'd go about it differently, uh, or a, a different way, which would be continuing to not pay rent and trying to um, uh, make money on your own or whatever. But mm-hmm. either way, in one scenario, you probably you are trying to pay rent. In the other scenario, you're putting off paying the rent. Right, but that I think. So it's not and, the same thing, but you're still adapting to your environment. But what's the environment? Okay, let me use a different example. If it's really it's it's a hundred degrees in here. Okay. Right. That's the environment. Okay. You like hot. I like cold. Okay. For you to adapt to your environment, you'd probably be you you might put on a sweater because it's not hot enough. For you. For me to adapt to that environment, I might have to put the AC on because it's too hot for me. Okay. But we're both adapting to our environment. Um, You're making yourself hotter. I'm making myself colder. But we're both adapting to our environment. Um. Let me see. <laughs> let me add. Okay, let me add something else to it. There's ten people in the room. Hmm. Majority of the people in the room. There's ten people in the room, and they feel okay with the room being a hundred degrees. You said ten people feel mm-hmm. like okay. Me and you both feel cold. Me and you both, okay. You decide that because everybody else is um, is not wearing clothes because they're they're hot, like like they're um they're at the hundred degree temperature, they feel hot. Yeah, the hundred degree people, they feel hot, we feel cold. Okay. You decide that you know what? Even though I feel cold. They're they're not wearing clothes. I'm not gonna wear clothes either because that's what is going on in my environment. Even I, though even though I'm cold. Even though you're cold. Okay. Me, I'm like okay. I'm I'm cold. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna be naked like everybody else because I'm cold. I'm gonna keep my clothes on. 
Okay. We're both adapting to our environment because we're both cold. Okay. But by you not wearing, deciding to not wear the clothes because they're not wearing clothes, that's you conforming to the people in the environment. Versus me keeping my clothes on, even mm-hmm. I feel the same way as you, I'm not conforming to what's in the environment. But we're both in the same environment and we're both adapting to it. Okay. So I think if I picked you up and put you in a place that you were hot, you would change what you are wearing. In that environment that you're talking about, at 100 degrees, you're cold. Mm-hmm. So you feel different in that environment. So if I picked up and said, okay, I'm now going to put you where it's 1,000 degrees and you're now warm, you wouldn't wear a sweater. So your environment dictating what you're going to wear because of how you feel in that environment. Okay. That's what okay. I'm saying. So, but what would conforming be in that situation? Because that's why I brought other people into it. Because, like, okay, maybe I brought conforming into it. So what was your initial uh, 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 thought that you were having? That your environment, if you want to get somewhere, it's better to change your environment than changing yourself. Okay, I can agree with that. I I, kind of thought, I was, I took what you said and thought about people Mm -hmm. versus... It sounds like you're just literally talking about just the space that you're in. The, envi- the people are part of it, but it's it's that is that we part of the environment. So, if you want to learn how to read, right, mm-hmm. you can go and get a book, which I mean, continue your environment. You can go and get a book and read the book, right? You can learn how to read, or you can join a group of people or a place that is built for learning how to read. And you will get whatever you want much faster by your environment than if you were doing it. Like, I'm going to be the most dedicated. I could probably study less than you in an environment that is for studying and be better at whatever that thing is than you who studies by yourself in a bad environment. If you have a, if it go to an extreme, you live in a house where there's roaches and rats and babies crying and screaming and people are yelling, arguing in the hallway or whatever. And your job is to now study and do homework. It's going to be a lot harder to do it in that environment than if I have a room that's quiet. I have a screen that tells me I have chat GPT to tell me what the answers are and how to formulate the equations. And I'm like, yeah. So then when I come up against you, it's like I, my environment allowed for me to do this much better. Okay. I, 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 I see your point. And I think I agree with it. I'm also trying to think about the other side of it because of. Because the way that you're you're raised or brought up does have an influence on how you react to the environment that you're in. But I think I think that the environment is stronger than how you're raised or brought up. Because I think that it is much more likely for over a longer period of time for your environment to change you than you to change your environment. But I feel like some people It could go either way. That's how I feel. I don't, I don't agree. Why do you think it could go either way? Because there are people that kind of feel rejected by their environment. But what, how are you saying they feel doesn't mean they won't change how they are. What do you mean? So, if I go to the park and I'm hanging out with dudes from the hood, I start talking different. Not even on purpose. I just start acting. It just comes out. I just act different. If I'm around people that speak 
very well, my my thing just changes. How I speak will just change. If I'm around people that buy real estate, my convo is gonna be about real estate. That's but that's able if that's if you're able to to do well in those environments. Does that make sense? Because if I don't have if I don't have the, the knowledge or if I don't have the the if I don't have the knowledge and I feel intimidated by that, you you won't do as well in those environments. But you will do better than if you were by yourself. And because everybody that's around you will be talking about that thing. So you're going to pick up more things, going to be more places. If I use real estate as an example, if my friend's talking about real estate, he said, hey, I'm going to a real estate convention. He's saying, oh, I just found a real estate book. And we're going, he's going to a, a meeting. He met a girl that does real estate. And I'm like, damn, he has all his money. All the things that I like and want, he has these things. And I'm like, I'm hanging out with him all the time. I'm going to ask questions like, hey, so what's up with the real estate thing? How you, how you get that? Or what's going on with that? I'm gonna naturally pick up on those things because of that's who that's the environment I'm now in. But I, but if what if you ask those questions right and people make you feel dumb, they don't want to answer you. They feel like you should know it already. You wouldn't feel like if people aren't as open or receptive to helping you gain the knowledge while being in that environment, it's not going to motivate. It's not going to be a positive experience for you. Good, but positive or negative is not the goal. It's the objective success or forward momentum so if what because uh, what i mean by that is kind of like if i can't if i can't understand the information myself and no one is willing to help me understand it how do i move forward well there are two things one you can ask questions like right? i said people if you try to ask questions and they feel like they either feel like they're over helping you you keep asking the same questions you're still not getting it like then you're in the wrong environment. Like, but there are, well, yeah, one, you'd be in the wrong environment, but two, you would still, if you're in an environment where you ask a question, nobody's giving you any information, and then you're in a room by yourself, you would probably still get more information from that that other group than you being by yourself. Just being, a, just being a, like I said, this is why I say an environment, because just being around either people places or things that are for one particular subject you will grasp more things even if you nobody's helping you and you're sitting in a class of real estate and no one's helping you you're gonna be like okay i see that john is doing this okay i see that the the, the building does that you're gonna pick up on those things just just by being in that place yeah that's it and just, like if i said all you gotta do is sit in this room and all you gotta do is sit in this room don't do nothing the person in that room with the with the real estate will learn more by doing absolutely nothing. So if you just go, okay, now you both will try to learn in those rooms. Okay, now both can try to learn. I will get faster and further than you are by doing that. Now, it's possible you would have to, I think you'd probably have the three or four X amount of work I'm doing over here to be able to do what I'm doing on this side. That's interesting. And that's why, that's why I feel like, so... This whole convo came up, the Mila Melissa are talking about now, is because of what we, what I would love to do, and Melissa also in the future, is I want to change the environment of a lot of people so that they can be exposed to a different way of looking at life or just a different way the system works for people. And one of those things that I would love to do is, the same way Mr. Beast kind of has a 
you know, give away $10,000 type of thing, I would do something similar to, hey, here is a, if the first 100 people to meet me at Grand Central Terminal in New York City, we're going to private jet, whole month vacation, pay for everything, food, whatever, whatever, whatever. Just paid for it, right? And I'll have, hey, you want to drive a Bugatti? I go to a school. Okay, first 20 kids who either have a C in this class or a B in that class or an A in that class get to ride in the Bugatti. You get to drive it down the street. Because I feel like a lot of times just being exposed to things and having the environment change around you will then change you. Now, the only caveat I have to that is where people have talked about the idea that you could take the man out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the man. That's like a common phrase that people use. And I I don't know how true that phrase actually is. I think it really only applies in two situations. One, if it has not been long enough. Two, if that person is bringing people from the old environment to their new environment or that person in their new environment is finding people similar to the old environment then acting the same way so a perfect example would be alcoholism if you drink alcohol and you are trying not to drink alcohol you don't want to go to a bar you don't want to have friends that are drinking you don't want to bring old friends that are drinking or find new friends that love to drink you have to go i don't want to be around alcohol i can guarantee that if you decide to never be around alcohol and you're alcoholic you won't drink it's, it's unless somebody grabs you down opens your mouth and pours alcohol in your mouth it's it's highly unlikely that you will end up drinking so i try to apply that well i want to start applying that to my life where what do i want in life get in an environment where that thing is happening and i feel like one time that has happened is real estate like that to me is a perfect example there was a time where shout out to tim he's where he introduced me to my friend namaya and namaya is the one that owns a store in brooklyn he was the first person that i other than i guess my my dad and my aunt stuff that I kind of had conversations with about buying real estate because he already had bought real estate. He was an agent already. He was talking to me about it. We were talking on the phone about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try and go buy some real estate. I'm going to see what's up. So now I start connecting with him and other people and trying to call this guy and call that guy. I'm doing research. I tell Melissa about it. She starts finding wholesaling. I don't know if you find. Yeah, either way, she found wholesaling in real estate. We're like, all right, cool. We're going to try and do the real estate thing. And I feel like Part of that came from my environment. My dad and my family has owned real estate or owned a piece of real estate in Manhattan. So I'm around just as a child going down to the building to take the trash out or hearing, you know, eavesdropping a conversation where a tenant is not paying rent or there's a problem where they're getting a lawsuit or the building needs work. Those things I just pick up on. So now that I have that information, it's a lot easier for me to go and have a, a framework or a groundwork for real estate when either looking it up or just hearing certain small things. So I feel like the Mr. Beast video was one of those things that I saw that made me remember that I really want to get to enough money where I can change the environment of so many people and just, you know, part of the whole city building thing. So, and that's, you know, Namaya, not Namaya, Tori's going to be on that side because he's in, he's actually, the oh, actually, I didn't even tell you this. So, Y'all may or may not know Tori. If you are in the Discord, then you will have seen it. But he just bought his first plot of land in Florida. He's about to start his new development. And it's going to be the first of many for him. And then down the line, I'm going to be like, hey, yo, bro, I'm trying to build a city. 
what kind of connections you got you trying to get in on this what you trying to do you know how many how many bills can you build in this this land of i got like you know seven thousand acres can we can we get something over here so shout out to him for that i'm excited to see how that goes and then i also want to shout out a guy we met at the craft fair. i told him i would gentleman that bought three candles at the craft so there's a video on youtube called nytvf 2018 rooftop kings right he had won a film festival he seemed to be an older italian guy that produces film i thought it was really cool that one he bought the candles and two that he's actually doing creative things out there and he won and he was saying that's going to also be on netflix so or hulu so i'm just kind of like that was just great to see and i told him i'll give him a shout out nytvf 2018 rooftop kings it's going to be on hulu but uh yes so now i'm gonna bring you on to your segment oh yeah so we're going live today at four i know donovan is acting like he's not excited or acting like it's gonna be a, a tiring or whatever but i think he's gonna have fun i think he's gonna enjoy it um both things can be true. sure yeah both things definitely can be true um <laughs> this week is hell week we have a million candles to make i'm not exaggerating um <laughs> We are doing nine craft fairs in a row. The second to last, the second to last day is a double booking, and the third day, the last day is a triple booking. So that's a lot of candles, y'all. It's a lot of candles. It's like that's a lot of candles. No, I'm not ready. <laughs> it's Tuesday, and I have not made a single candle yet. Like towards that. She made them on Friday. I think you make candles on Saturday. No. I haven't made a single candle towards that. That's it. That's all I have to do is make candles. I'm not even thinking about nothing else. Shout out to Sarah because she, Bellamy Hair has posted her multiple times on their platform. And you know, they're going to be working together and Laneige too. So I just want to shout out Sarah Alaba. Check out her channel. So this week is going to be very, it's going to be a lot of things this week. I have to make a shit ton of candles. Um, I tried to queue up the video that this week, this week's weekly vlog last night. And it's currently at six hours, which is ridiculous because I've been trying to get us to cut down on how long the um, clips are so that it's easier for me to edit. And last week wasn't that bad. Last week it was three hours. So I don't know how we got back up to six um donovan has this huge thing of bubble wrap he said that he is taking the bubble wrap to his cousin's house i'm giving him until the end of the week if it's still here by saturday i'm throwing it out does that sound fair to you sounds fair to me what else because i can't keep revolving like bill said the whole house is revolving around the damn bubble wrap oh, oh my gosh like i said i'm throwing it out after after saturday if it's still in the house with the without any repercussions biggest thing on my mind right now i'm trying to figure out how to do y'all do you know how to do business taxes because i feel like turbo tax is not giving it's not giving me the ability to put in my deductions i'm gonna try to go through it again but i'm not feeling that because we bought mad business equipment mad business items it's not really asking me business oriented questions so i'm looking at another tax um uh program or tax software i should say that is um called tax act and that's the thing I, i'm using TurboTax online so apparently they do have a business oriented product but you can but it's something that you have to buy like we're in fucking 19 something and 
it's only for PC and Windows. Like, it's not for Mac. So, that's annoying. Um, but I'm trying to figure... Yeah, right now I'm trying to figure out how to do our business taxes. I just found out that Squarespace doesn't give you a 1099 form, which sucks because there's like $3,000 that we made over there and we can't... I don't know how we're going to go about reporting it. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking into doing that. Uh, I don't know if Donovan said it here, but for the craft fair, we actually were offered a membership. So, um, we... We'll be paying for one month as a security deposit, one month of craft fairs, and with that one month that we paid, we be we are secured for four months of craft fairs. And if you guys know, y'all know how crazy that is because whenever whenever we can't book, it's it's just craziness. Like it's not it's never like we missed a weekend. It's always like nah, we can't book for the next three weeks or some shit. So being able to book for being able to only put out one month's worth and have four months booked is a huge freaking win. One thing that they want from us is, is uh, uh, to have um, a business insurance. Now, a lot of business insurances excludes candles <laughs> because you're lighting the candles you know, in your home or whatever. So it's a higher risk. Either way, they do have candle insurance. I just have to look into it. I, I have an idea where to find it and everything. That's just something else that I have to do. Another side quest. Um, trying to think what else is on Melissa's list. I don't know if we talked about it here, but there's a, pro a program called BKXL. That program will give you... That program is a startup accelerator program. Um, they'll have a 10-week, whatever, 10-week... Learning session, and they'll put you in contact with mentors and all these other things. They give you one hundred twenty-five thousand um, dollars if you are accepted into the program, in exchange for seven percent equity in your business. If and it, you have to be based in Brooklyn for that time period. You don't have to be from. You don't have to be in Brooklyn now, but you have to be based in Brooklyn during the um, time period. If you remain in Brooklyn after that, they give you an additional $325,000. Why am I telling you guys this? Because we applied. Did we get it? I don't know yet. They're going to start, you know, um, doing the interviews and get letting people know the status of that in February. Um, so, you know, we can't, can't win them all. But I just want to let y'all know that's one of the things that we applied to. Because if we do get it, that would be really freaking cool. And with that being said, hashtag Bamboo Project 2023. The road to 500K. Bamboo Project out.